confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. My victory, my life, because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? You can be seated. Good to see all of you here today. Charmaine Roller's mother went home to be with the Lord this week and uh, last week. Uh, Rose Robson and Robson, and uh, the visitation is five to seven at Hippensteel, and the service is uh, on Tuesday, and the service is ten a.m. on Wednesday. We're going to show a little, a uh, couple of video clips here, or, or pictures of uh, Brad Marshall and Sandy Marshall in Houston, working with Terry Henshaw on the outreach down there to continue to help the people. This is the processing uh, where they're uh, uh, giving out food, and uh, you can go ahead and roll those pictures. They are on a main uh, artery in Houston, uh, uh, on a parking shop mall. mall. And uh, they have signs up there, uh, free packages, free food, free water, and the cars are lined up uh, way back, and uh, they're uh, giving this out and, and sharing Jesus with each person that comes through there. And uh, they said it's been a really a life-changing experience. Brad has been down there for almost a month. He'll be back with us very shortly. Because of your giving for the Henshaw ministry down there, Terry and Brenda, we've been able to get the food, the water, and continue to reach out to the people there. So on their behalf, we thank you for that. <clears throat> okay, everybody like to laugh? Let's all say it. We should all like to laugh. Joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, this is one about a... Uh, how, how many of you have found out that uh, little children are just precious? They, they just There's nothing better than hanging out with little children, uh, toddlers, kindergarten age, uh, how many of you realize that sometimes they can be just a little frustrating? <laughs> They're precious and frustrating all at the same time. Well, this is a story about a school teacher. Supposedly, it's a true story, but it's a, it's a little a, a kindergarten school teacher working with one of her little kindergarten students. And um, the teacher was helping one of her kindergarten students put his boots on. He asked for help, and she could see why. It was very difficult for him to get them on. So with her pulling and him pushing, the boot still didn't want to go on. When the second boot was finally on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong foot. She looked, and sure enough, they were on the wrong foot. It wasn't easy pulling those boots off, uh, any easier than taking them off than it was to put them on. But she managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on again, this time on the right feet. He then announced, these aren't my boots. <laughs> she bit her tongue rather than get upset, thinking, well, I wonder why he didn't say so in the first place. But once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. He then said, they're my brother's boots. <laughs> my mom made me wear them. The teacher didn't know whether to laugh or to cry, but she mustered up the grace to put the boots back on again. Then she said to the little guy, where are your mittens? And he said, 
in the toes of my boots. <laughs> uh, kids are absolutely precious. <laughs> I love hanging out with little Molly. What is Molly now? Is she eight? Is she eight years old? Eight years old. <laughs> it's fun to be ruled by an eight-year-old. Okay, if you, have, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of uh, uh, Psalms, chapter 37. That's where we're going to start reading. But the message today is pursuing your God-given desire. Pursuing your God-given desire. Every single one of you have a deep inner desire that it's what you want to do with your life. It's deep down in there. Because of the world system, because of uh, things that all of us have been through, we can ignore it, we can look at other things. Uh, you just start living a life of rote. You get up in the morning, you make your bed, you go to work, you eat lunch, you come home, you, uh, you know, make dinner, don't make dinner, do the dishes, go to bed, and then do it 365 days a year. And that life can just be one road of things that you do every single day, but you never really live your inner desire. And every single one of us should be pursuing what is the inner desire of our heart. And the scripture that we're going to live, leave in, uh, uh, read in just a moment here is what we should be living, not thinking, well, is it from God or isn't it from God, but realizing that when you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your inner desire and his inner desire are really one and the same. Some people think, well, is my inner desire, is that really God or is that just something I want to do? Folks, if it glorifies God, if it lifts up the name of Jesus, go for it. Don't back away from it. And what we need to do then is that every day is a new day to be moving and pursuing the will that God has for us. God is into desire. Tell your neighbor, God is into desire. Good to see our son David and granddaughter Nika with us today. Give them a hand. Now, Psalms 37, verses 4 and 5, this is what it says. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring him to pass. Who gives you the desires of your heart? God does. Tell your neighbor, God has given you those desires. God has given you those deep inner desires. Your mind will try to overrule it by thinking, well, I don't think I could ever do that, or I don't know how I did this. But God wants to enter into that partnership with you so that you are expecting his supernatural intervention in everything that, that you do, and you're not looking to your abilities. You know that you're working with God and that it's his supernatural abilities that will make it happen. In, in my life, when I first got saved, Pam and I had just gotten married. I hadn't been saved very long, and and uh, uh, I knew things had changed, and I knew my desires had changed. When you become righteous, your desires change. How I many you know what I'm talking about? You, you know, you don't, you, you, whatever you did before you got saved, there are things that they drop off. You don't want to do them anymore. You don't have a desire to do them. Your flesh does, but you don't. Your desires begin to change. 
And I remember when my desires, it was, it was totally different. They were down a different path. And Pam had encouraged me that, you know, maybe, maybe you're called to be a minister. And I thought, well, I, I can't be a minister. Sometimes when you're pursuing the desires that are deep down in your heart, there will be people who will tell you why you can't do it. There's always somebody to tell you why you can't do what God has shown you to do in, deep down in your heart. And, and I thought, well, I can't be a minister. We were attending a, a, a church here in town that this particular church, their uh, uh, um, policy was that if you'd ever been divorced, you can't be in the full-time ministry. And that's fine. I understood that. I didn't have a problem with it. I, I didn't understand at the time why, but it didn't really matter. I already felt bad about myself. So, uh, but, but they had a, an opening for a children's pastor. And Pam told me, she said, why don't you go apply for that open his children pastor. I'd just gotten saved. I didn't know anything other than I knew where I came from. She said, why don't you go apply to be a children's pastor? I said, they don't want me for a children's pastor. But in my spirit, I know that there was something there that I couldn't get rid of. Now, their, their policy was that they take that scripture and uh, I forget where it is right now, but 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 to be in the ministry and, and to be in an office, you, you should be the uh, husband of only one wife. Uh, there, I think it was written. Most people believe it was written about polygamy back in those days. So uh, anyway, uh, as I said in the first service, it always sounds funny, but I don't know any husband that wants to have more than one wife. Glory to God, one <laughs> wife is enough. Uh, one wife is enough. But but that's what Pam wanted wanted me to apply for. Well. I never did apply for it, but Pam's desire, we hadn't been married very long until Pam began to share her inner desire with me. She wanted to be a counselor. She wanted to help people uh, and, and, and even go into Purdue at one time and talk to them over there. And they talked about how the, you know, all the degrees you'd have to have and all the stuff and all the schooling. And I'm not putting that down at all, education, but uh, I don't know anybody that has been a better counselor over the years, especially for women, but even for me than my wife. Uh, she is fulfilling that role and has for years as, as a, just an absolutely awesome counselor because it was a desire of her heart. God put it there. The supernatural power of God will go into play if you plug in to his plan. If you try to do something on your own, it's just you and whatever. But if it's that deep inner desire that God has put there, it never leaves you. Let's just say, it never leaves me. Let me see the hands of all the people. You know you got a deep inner desire. It's always there. You can visit it at any time you want. It is there. It's what God put down inside you, and that's what you have to continue to pursue. And if you'll continue to pursue that, then you'll find the hand of God moving on your behalf. I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. One of them is over in Proverbs chapter 10. And when we understand that when we're entering into that covenant relationship with God to pursue that desire that he has for us, then it, it, you'll know that all of the needs that you have, God's going to take care of them for you as you move out with him. Proverbs 10, 24 says this, To do evil is like a sport, to a fool. Oop, got the wrong scripture. The fear of the, well, that's a good one though. <laughs> the fear of the wicked will come upon him, talking about a person who will do evil. But the desire of the righteous will be granted. What will happen? The desire of the righteous will be granted. If you're here 
You know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you're going to pursue what he's put deep in your heart, that deep inner desire. You're going to see God meet that. And then in Proverbs 11, 20, uh, 11 23, it says, The desire of the righteous is only good. The desire of the righteous is only good. In the first service, I would use Annabelle. She was here, our granddaughter Annabelle, as an example. But I've been thinking about her a lot lately. She's going to be graduating from college in, uh, in May. The desire of her heart for years now has been to start her own business. She even has a name for it, Baked by Bell. <laughs> and uh, she worked in a, a, what do you call those places? Yeah, pottery place and over in West Lafayette uh, for several years as a youngster, really, and uh, really liked it, and at one time was kind of managing the place for the owner, and she just loves it. She loves the artsy drawing type thing and the baking and all, and so she had a class at, at Purdue, and uh, in this class, they were supposed to come up with a business to present, and uh, they had a banker that would be there, and, and it was kind of like you see on television, and uh, she had three other people that were in the project with her, and she said, Pop, these people just didn't get their act together. We we're supposed to work together. They never had time, and finally I said, I'll do the whole thing. I already know what kind of business I want. So uh, she, she brought it to me this morning, but she had it all laid out, and the banker said, I'm impressed. I, I would get involved with something like this. So I've really felt to start to encourage her, because right now, now, she's coming out of college, uh, you know, where will I get the best job, what will pay the best money, where will I go, what do I want to do, all these kind of things, which are not necessarily wrong, but they're not necessarily the desire of your heart. What is the desire of your heart? And I called her up just before the service, or a couple of days ago, actually, and, and I said, what is the desire of your heart, to go out and get a job or start your own business? She said, start my own business. That's the desire of my heart. Well, why not try to pursue that with God and say, God, I'm going to pursue this for your glory. See, if you do something like that, it can change your life, and you'll be fulfilled. You'll always be fulfilled when you're pursuing the desire that God has placed within your heart. And I was thinking about a couple of examples uh, that, that I gave in, in the first service here. And uh, one of them, and now you're going to know who this is, but uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than living a life with unfulfilled desire. That, that, that is a horrible life. And uh, it's, it's a story about a man that I love to read biographies. I love to read about people, not, not from a professor standpoint who has a theory, but a person who lived the life. And this person had lived about six, uh, had lived 65 years. They were on Social Security, but they'd always wanted their own business. And they were working in, in the, the kind of the restaurant business and other odd type of jobs. But uh, they developed a, a recipe that they really liked. This guy really liked it. And when he got his Social Security check, he decided to go ahead and retire and start traveling. And he's going to travel from station to station and truck stop to truck stop and try to sell his secret recipe to the people and that they would buy it and that he would, he would be able to launch what was always the desire of his heart. Whether or not he should have waited 65 years, that's between him and God, but he ended up giving glory to God for everything that he did. But he went from uh, truck stop to truck stop and they told him, some of his friends and all said, that you, you'll never make it, this will never work, nobody's going to pay you for your recipe. But they started buying his recipe and started buying his recipe. And then, how many of you know where I'm going? 
And then all of a sudden, it took off, and his name was Colonel Sanders. And the ch Kentucky Fried Chicken, I always hate to say something about food in the second service, okay? So, can you just start to taste that chicken right now? And, 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 but Kentucky Fried Chicken was born. He gave all the glory to God, Colonel Sanders. He felt like God helped him open all of those doors. He was instrumental in sending millions of dollars through Kentucky Fried Chicken to missions outreach and to help the poor and, and an organization where it is today, I don't know. But, but it, with, with him, he fulfilled the desire of his heart. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you, you'll be happy when you fulfill the desire of your heart. You'll be happy. Now, could you be happy doing what you're doing? Sure you can. But the fulfillment is going to be when the desire of your heart is fulfilled. And that's what the Word of God has to say. Now, this is what desire means. It means to be zealous for, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently, eagerly, and intently. <clears throat> see if you can stay with me in regard to this one, or see if you can figure out where we're going. In 1920, this individual had started a company, and it went bankrupt, lost everything that he had. But he wanted to do something that everyone told him he couldn't do. What he wanted to do was to develop characters that would talk, animated characters that would talk. He started with that inner desire when there was not talking movies. He started it, and people said, that is a dumb thing. That will never work. In 1923, he developed a little mouse, and he named the mouse Mickey Mouse, and he thought it would be phenomenal, and it seemed to catch on. But then in 1928, he formed a new company that was going to take over where the bankrupt company left off, and he did it for a few years, but then right about 1930, he's going bankrupt all over again. He didn't declare bankruptcy, but he was totally out of money. And he went from bank to bank pursuing his inner desire. Now, let's all say it. You have to pursue your inner desire. You can't take no for an answer, and you can't listen to people. Now, thank God for people who will encourage you, exhort you, and edify you. But I have found that many people want to lean to their understanding. So therefore, the advice they give you is null and void. Because the Word of God says, lean not to your own understanding or to somebody else's own understanding. Now, I know it doesn't say that in the Word of God. But you focus like a razor on what is the desire of my heart. God put that desire there. That's what I'm going to pursue. And he finally went to another bank that bailed him out because he was working on a project that everyone told, not everyone, but many people told him would fail. And the project was this movie. And this movie was going to be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But it was about to fail until he finally had a bank who said, we're going to take a chance on you. They bankrolled him. And the rest is all history. Walt Disney went absolutely nationwide, became a multimillionaire. Walt Disney gave the glory to God, not the Disney company today. They're owned by General Electric. They're not giving the glory to God. They're looking for all the profit. Walt Disney was a different breed, though. He was following an inner desire that he had. 
And then he had a desire to build a theme park. And everyone said, here we go again. You can't do it. Nobody's going to come to it. Nobody want to do it. And he had an inner desire. Let's all say, I have an inner desire. There'll be people who'll tell you, no, you can't do that. Yes, I can do that. If it's God, I'm plugged into the supernatural power of God. And Walt Disney built the first one in California. And then he built another one down in Florida. They told him he couldn't build the first one. He did, and it prospered. They told him, don't build the second one. He did, and it prospered. And it's still prospering to this very day. It's following the desire of your heart. I love to read about people like that. People that have a desire, and they're not going to give up on what they desire. Now, this is a little off the subject, but it's humorous. Yesterday, we spent the day hanging out with our granddaughter, Molly, and we took her up to Michigan City and went to a couple places up there. And uh, Molly had, with this one place we were at, she wanted a, a, a frozen Coke. I didn't even know McDonald's carried them, but frozen Coke. Basically, it's frozen sugar uh, at, uh, at, at McDonald's. So she had a big one, and she drank it all. I was hoping she wouldn't. I wanted a taste. But man, she, well, she did give me a taste, but she drank the whole thing. So then we're somewhere else, and when, when, how, how many of you realize, how many of you had a grandparent when you grew up that you, about, about anything you would ask for? If they thought it was good for you, they're going to give it to you. I don't know about the frozen Coke being good for you, but you know, what, you know what I'm talking about. That's the way God is. God will give us everything we have need of to fulfill the desire of our heart that will glorify him. And so anyway, in this particular case, this is probably not the best example about glorifying God, but, but anyway, we went somewhere else, and, and, and Molly wanted uh, whatever it was, but she wanted a Sprite. And, and Grandma said... Uh, no, you've had enough sugar. Now, with Molly, a rejection only means another opportunity to fulfill the desire of your heart with another response because she came right back with, well, yeah, but, and uh, pretty soon Grandma had the Sprite. Uh, we ended up with the Sprite. So not only did she have the Coke, she had the Sprite too because we're just in covenant relationship with the granddaughter, spoiling the heck out of her. <laughs> And then take her home with a real buzz on. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that, that's the way we should be. We should, we should understand that God wants us to be blessed by him, to bring glory to him. Now, the scripture that I want to give you that is so powerful is, it, 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 well, it is, first of all, did I give you the, the definition of desire? I did, I did that. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. Uh, if... This, if you get this scripture deep within your spirit, it'll change your life. And it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, talking about being righteous, this is being righteous. If you are righteous, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that when you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. In other words, God is glorified when what we desire is done. Hadn't thought about you, Amber, but just seeing you here. Amber has had a desire for years to be a dentist. Uh, how many years you have left? Pardon? 
Okay, well, she's going to be accepted. Let's just say Amber, Amber is going to be accepted. Father, we thank you that there will be that acceptance. She has worked hard. She has worked diligently. She loves you. It's the inner desire of her heart that I believe you place there, and the acceptance letter is coming in Jesus' name. And everybody that's in agreement shouted, Amen. All I know is it's a number of years. But she has persevered and persevered and persevered to pursue that inner desire. I know going to give all the glory to God for what she's going to be able to accomplish. And I believe she's going to give a huge family discount too when she becomes that. So it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome to see it, to see it happen. But, but so, many, so many times we can move towards something and then we, we, we start. I, I remember when that deep inner desire came into my heart years ago. This is all the way back in 2005 that we were to go to the Sudan and help build uh, an orphanage over there. And most of you have heard this story, but it would never leave me. To this day, I can talk about the Sudan and about the children over there. But in the beginning of it, when I would talk about it, I, I would just tear up. Uh, because it just it was so deep within my spirit. And that first time when we started, uh, we, we needed $12,000. And in my, in, in my desire was, we're going to raise the $12,000. And I believe God put it there. But, we're gonna, but, but I wasn't sitting around thinking, was it God and wasn't it God? A lot of people try to flip a coin or, well, is it God, isn't it God, isn't it God, isn't it God? Is it going to glorify God? Do it. Go for it. God's not going to be upset with you doing something that he wants you to do that's going to glorify God. So just do it if that's deep in your desire. And if you remember, we, we got ready to do it, and somebody told me, you can't raise $12,000 with a golf tournament. Yeah, $12,000. We needed $12,000. And I said, we'll have a golf tournament, and we'll raise $12,000. And somebody said, you can't raise $12,000. That's a lot of money to be raising for a golf tournament. And I said, well, I think we can do it. Well, the night of the golf tournament, we only had $11,000. But we're in covenant with God. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, anything that you desire, I will do it. And therefore, that night, of the golf tournament. We had raised $11,000. I was content. I was ready to go to sleep with $11,000, which I did. Uh, we knew that we had 11. We'd find the other thousand somewhere. But that night, before I went to bed, I went to Walmart. And Walmart, I met this lady that was, uh, knew about us, and she said, well, can my grandson play in the golf tournament? He showed up for the golf tournament that morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, got in his golf cart, and then got out of it, came over to me and said, hey, Grandma told me to give you this envelope, handed me a check, opened up the check, $1,000 check in there, gave us $12,000 before we teed off, and this is what I heard in my spirit. If I said $12,000, you'll have $12,000. God will never let you down if you're pursuing the desire that he has placed within your heart. And then we went to another one, and it was $50,000, and somebody told me, you can't raise $50,000 at Putt-Putt doing a golf tournament. And I said, that's the desire of our heart, and that's what God's going to do, and we're going to have it. We had over $50,000 at the putt-putt golf tournament before they tore it down there, and then we did it again, and we had $70,000. You will never be diminished if you're doing what is the desire of your heart. This is the question I have for you. What would you do with the rest of your life if you could 
pursue that inner desire. What would you do? If you don't stop and take a time out from life and get it all down and determine what you're going to do, what is the desire of my life? What is the desire that I have? What is that deep inner desire? You'll just live a treadmill life. You get on the treadmill, it's Monday, and then it's Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday, and you've done the same thing over and over and over again, and you've made absolutely no difference in the world at all because you've never visited and entertained and accepted that deep inner desire that God had for you. I think about this story. I love, love, as I said earlier, love reading stories about people that have actually accomplished things about a man who had a desire. His whole family was in ministry. All of his family, all of his brothers, all of his sisters, they're all in ministry. He thought for a while that he was the black sheep of the family because all he wanted to do was make picture frames. And he started a business in his garage, putting together picture frames. And it started to take off. And he told people, he said, I want to have a company where I am doing arts and craft type things and selling them. And people said, ah, that'll never work. That'll never happen. But he had, a, he had that desire. Everybody say desire. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't live without desire. The inner desire. He had this inner desire. So he kept putting these picture frames together and people kept buying them. And he'd go out and buy scrap lumber. He'd find trees and he'd cut them up and make a picture frame out of them. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted his frames. And then he began to start his company. That company, fast forward, became Hobby Lobby, one of the most successful companies in all of America. Tremendous company. He gives all the glory to God. He has helped build a museum in Israel, in, in, in the, uh, uh, Tel Aviv, and also some buildings that he built in uh, Jerusalem. He was involved financially in the uh, Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. They give millions of dollars every year to missions and orphanages and ministries around the world. They meet every month to decide how we're going to take all the profitability that God has given us and distribute it, all for the glory of God. I believe that desire that burned intently in David Green is something that God wants to burn in all of us. David Green and Hobby Lobby took on the United States government, glory to God, over that uh, situation with contraception and, and, and under that uh, Affordable Care Act, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. But before they did it, he called his family in, and he said, we believe this is not of God, and that the government of the United States of America is asking us to compromise our Christian Judeo-ethical principles. And I believe that we should fight it, <clears throat> but if we lose, we will lose our company. And all of the family came together. It's a privately held company, one of the largest ones in America. And, and all of the family came together, and they said, when we started this business, it belonged to God. It continues to belong to God, and we believe that this is the right thing. This is a righteous thing. Everybody say righteous thing. See, righteous people think righteous thoughts. Righteous people have righteous desires. So we're walking hand in hand with God, and God is our source. Took on the United States government, went to the Supreme Court, and they won. We need to thank God and just give him a thanks right now for what happened because it saved, I believe, I believe this helped save this nation 
from the judgment of God, or at least hold it off over this abortion issue and over many other issues that are coming. But one man did that, <clears throat> Chick-fil-A. The founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy, what a powerful story. A Christian man of God who wanted a restaurant that would glorify God. He starts a restaurant. He's not going to open it on Sundays. They say, you can't do that. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's always somebody like that. There's always somebody like that. You can't do that. Say, watch me. I'm going to do it. And he did it on Sundays, and it prospered, and it spread across this entire country. And then one day he goes into a mall, and he says, man, I see all this traffic in this mall. I'd like to put a Chick-fil-A in there and say, oh, we'd love to have you. Come on in, but you have to open on Sundays. All of our businesses happen to open on Sundays. And they said, we're not open on Sunday. That's the day we're giving glory to God. How many of you have ever driven down that State Road 26 on a Sunday? Be hungry for a Chick-fil-A and see the close sign, giving thanksgiving to God. And say, well, I come back on a Monday. That's happened to me a lot of different times. I thank God they're true to the word. He said, no, we're not going to come into your mall. We close on Sunday. And then, because of the tremendous demand for the product, the malls started coming to Chick-fil-A. And now they're in malls all over this country because they stood by their God-given desire to pursue it for the glory of God. And what we're pursuing is for the glory of God. Now, if you live your life this way, it will change your life. And I want to give you a close here with a Proverbs chapter uh, 13, a powerful scripture about desire, <clears throat> excuse me, and it says, <coughs> excuse me, hope deferred makes the heart sick. There are a lot of people that have a sick heart, and by that I'm talking about they're, they're, they're not living the life they were meant to live. They're just getting up and going through the motions of life. They're not plugged into the desire of their heart. When Pastor Stanley was saved in Cairo as an alcoholic, he became righteous, and then his desire became righteous. Are you with me so far? See, your desire, once you become righteous, is righteous. Not your flesh. Not, don't figure out your flesh. Your flesh is no good. But the desire, that deep inner desire, once you become righteous, that's, that's the desire that God put in you. And Pastor Stanley had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to go to Canada, had a home, had a house. The government was importing uh, Sudanese people because they needed more workers there. And they were, and they were uh, interviewing them, and Stan Stanley interviewed with them and was accepted. <clears throat> he would be able to leave a war-torn area. He wasn't in the Sudan. He was in Cairo at the time. And go to Canada and live the rest of his life and become a Canadian citizen. But he also had this deep inner desire to go back to the Sudan and start an orphanage and help his people. One with money, the other with no assurity other than the power of God working for you. How many of you would have money or the power of God working for you? Well, I'd like both. <laughs> no, I'll take the power. I'll take the power of God, because if you have the power of God, you will have all of the finances that you have need of to do what that desire is. And Stanley took the uh, going back to the Sudan, and he, was, he went through a horrible situation there. But even though you fall, we shall always arise. It doesn't matter what happens to us. Every failure, this is a quote from Vince Lombardi, and I love it. 
Failure is never an option to be thought about until you fail. And then you learn from it and you get up and do it all over again. In other words, not the failure part, but you get right back up in the race. Though I fall, I shall rise, and I'm going to run the race God has set before me. What if we fail? We get up and we learn from it, and we move out again. There's nothing wrong with failing as long as you learn from it, but you pursue the desire of your heart. It says, and regarding this, that when it says, uh, I started to quote the scripture, and I think I stopped. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. When desire is allowed to flow out of you, you've got it in you. What is the desire for the rest of your life? What is the race that you're going to run? And then you set your sail, you set your focus, you know who you are, you know what you're going to do, you know that God is going to supply all of your needs, you know that God is going to take care of all of your finances, you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, so then you're ready to live every moment to the fulfillment that God has for you. Let's stand to our feet. I have a homework assignment for all of you today. And this homework assignment we'll get to in just a moment. But the desire of the righteous is what God wants to fulfill. There is only one way you become righteous, and that is by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I pray for every person here today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for every person here today. And Lord, I pray that if there's one person here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, today is their appointed time for salvation. Lord, I pray that if there's one person here that is like the prodigal son, is like the prodigal daughter, that has strayed away from you, I pray that today is their day to come home. While we're bowed in prayer, I want to ask you this question such an important question. Do you know where you'll spend eternity? If you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child, you, you know that you have walked away from the things of God. Let this be the day that you settle the issue Jesus be your Lord and Savior. If I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. Father, you know every single person here. I pray, Lord, that yes, I see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. Holy Spirit, you know every single person here. I pray for those that don't know you, those that have drifted away, yes, I see your hand over you. I pray this is their day to start anew. All of you that lifted your hands, would you quickly come down here to the altar with me? All the way over here, right behind you, Perpetual, right here. Give them a hand as they come. Come on down here. Come on down here with me. Yeah, give them all a hand. I saw another hand back there. Just face me if you would. Couple over here. Yeah, keep... Yeah, let's do it. Angels in heaven rejoicing. As much as we like to greet our visitors, this is more important. Let's thank God for them. Yeah.
Now, God has an awesome plan for your lives. And wherever you've been, God is wiping the slate clean. And he has got a plan for your life. And he's going to reset your focus, reset your desires. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome thing. Stretch your hands out here toward these in this altar. Let's all pray this prayer together right now. Jesus, I believe that you are my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But today, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Now, Father, I pray for these at this altar. I pray that this is a day of new beginning, that you have released us from the bondage of past hurts, transgressions, situations, and challenges you're going to make everything new that you're going to speak to me you're going to show me that deep inner desire that's in my heart to accomplish your plan to accomplish your purpose that things will never be the same in my life again never again because today you have become a new creation that God is going to give you His direction, His leading. Things that you thought as a child, plans, desire, it's still there. It's still there. The devil has wanted to steal it. saying that the things that you have been through will be used mightily by him through you to set captives free. You've been a captive. Now you're free. And now you're going to be set to help others. But you know that. Father, I thank you for these at this altar. Thank you that this is a day of new beginning. Now, while they're ministered to by counselors, counselors, you can go ahead and do what you need to do right here at this altar with these ladies. But I, I have an assignment for all of you, okay? Everybody say, the pastor has an assignment for me. Obviously, you don't have to accept it, but it'll change your life if you do. I want you all to find some time to be quiet before the Lord. Get away from the kids, the family, in-laws, outlaws, and get alone. And I want you to sit down with paper and pen. And I want you to write, this is the desire of my heart. If I can do it, this is what I'll do with the rest of my life. And God will help you write that 
And when you write that, it will be a path, a focus. It will be your destiny. And God will bring everything to pass that you have need of when you have need of it if you will follow it and pursue it. Can you say amen? How many of you will do that? May I see your hands? Now let's all make this confession. Lord, I'm going to write it. I'm going to put on paper my inner desire and I'm going to pursue it. And with your help, my desire that is your desire in me will be fulfilled. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and...